What would you say you do here? Hello, friends. Welcome to the What Would You Say You Do Here podcast. I'm your host, Dan Gale, the president of Leona Marketing Group. Each week, we're planning to talk to the movers and shakers in sports that have some unique roles to ask them, what would you say you do here? Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's edition of the What Would You Say You Do Here podcast, powered by Leona Marketing Group. This week, we're going to be talking a little bit of sports admin, student welfare, with the Senior Associate AD for Sports Admin and Student Welfare. Randell Richmond from Old Dominion. What's up, my friend? Dan, it's great to be here with you and chop it up with you one more time. And I absolutely love the what would you say you do here. People don't respect the greatness that is Office Space. This has to be the best name of any podcast going on. And I'm, I'm happy here to be sitting in front of the Bobs, man. So uh, let's get it done. Well, first and foremost, I love when people get the reference. And second, I'm going to hit you with it. What would you say you do here, man? Absolutely. I'm a people person. I'm good with people. Uh, and it's actually true. Right. I mean, that's what we do. No matter what this industry they tell you it is, it is dealing with people. And, you know, this industry allows me to fulfill my purpose, uh, which is be a transformational leader and help people cultivate their gifts, align them with their purpose. That's what I'm here for. So how do I do that in the role that I'm in now at ODU? So we'll break it down into two parts. The first part is sport administration. So as a sport administrator, basically, I oversee five of the sports here at Old Dominion University. So we have our men's basketball, I have baseball, I have men's soccer, I have field hockey, and then our men and women's swimming teams. So what I do in that role is I serve as the liaison between the head coach and the athletic director. Athletic director these days with the way that institutions set up, they do a lot of stuff on the road. They're busy raising a lot of funds for the student athletes in the institution. So they can't be as present as they used to be with all the sports. So that's where I come in. It's my job to make sure I have that great relation with the head coach, seeing where that they're at, seeing where their program is at, the health of the program from top to bottom. And then I'm able to share that information with our AD so that he or she is up to, up to speed on what is going on with that particular program. That's Dr. Wood Seelig here. So I'll speak in he's as we move forward. So now Wood can say, hey, Randell, what's going on with the program? How are we tracking? Who do we have coming up next week? Is this contingent upon us making it to a tournament? Like, what are we doing on the recruiting front? Well, I'm going to know that information because I have scheduled meetings with my head coaches and I'm trying to figure out what's going on with them. And it's, so that's the, the main part there. I also in that role serve as the liaison between the student athletes and the head coach. Because sometimes that connection can get difficult, especially dealing on the roster. I want them to know, them being the student athletes, that we as an administrator body support them greatly. So they can't just see me on the side one day or see me at their championship game. I want them to see me out of practice. I want them to see me generally in, in, in the halls. And I'm trying to learn their names and who they are. That's why I'm so, so thankful for all the ODU apps that we have that I can just pick up a face with the name because you get so many of the different student athletes over the years especially with the sports. So as I see them out there, if it's baseball, I'm learning their walk-up music. Why? Because I, I love music and I find that'd be an easy conversation area, right? So we can learn a lot about people through music. And so I'm so interested in it. And that's the touch point because they, you know how it is, Dan, they did a lot of thinking in terms of choosing what their music is for their walk-up. Well, I'm, I'm going to stop you. What would your walk-up song be? Oh man, my walk-up song would be, it would be Filling It by Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt. You know what I mean? So I'll take it back to the old school because it gave me that good vibe. You need to be loose, right? 
You know what I mean? So feeling it by Jay-Z would have been my walk-up song. So that's what I do with the student athletes. So that th they know that, hey, uh, sometimes we want you to be an ODU student athlete. We want you to graduate from here and have a great experience. Sometimes that won't happen. If something were to come up in that space, we'll help you navigate through that process. Or if some things are going great, I think you're a leader. I've seen you, how you interact with your student athletes. Let me introduce you to our student athlete athletic advisory committee, because I think you can be something special in that respect. So that's the sport administration uh, piece of it all. In terms of the student athlete welfare, that's going to cover your academics and making sure our student athletes are progressing towards degree and are in the majors that they believe that they can be as successful in. That's going to count compliance and say rules and regulations. I tell people it's like Monopoly, except you don't have house rules, baby. We got to follow everything that the Parker Brothers says. Parker Brothers, the NGAA. All right. So that's how I explain in terms of uh, you know, getting the compliance to our coaches and our student athletes. And then student athlete development, which is my, I would say it's my favorite area within there, because again, it goes to my purpose of helping cultivate the gifts that other people have and making sure we're leading them towards their ultimate goal after sport. We don't crush dreams. We tell them, listen, uh, you could be playing for two years pro. It could be 20 years pro. At some point in time, you're going to have to transition to life after sport. Let us help you get prepared for that. And I think we've been able to build a great uh, life after sport program here. So and in essence, those are the areas. And then those other ones, academics, compliance and student athlete development. I have directors who I work directly with in terms of getting our vision out to our student athletes. Wow, that's a lot in terms of what you're overseeing from the sports admin side. And, and want to focus on that now. So let's talk about how you're the liaison for Wood. And when he's on the road doing everything as you talked about, do you feel this has prepared you for the next phase of your career when you sit in the chair? That's right. It's paramount and is the biggest thing that I wanted as my career continued to progress. And I remember meeting with Wood on the interview date I got here, February 2015. And I you know, told him the next stage that I would like to get an opportunity in sport administration. Uh, because being in a person who's working from the internal, a lot of the ADs that you see now, you just follow the numbers, just the external hires. But one thing that's going to be working towards my advantage is not only the internal uh, understanding of how the university works and what we need from our student athletes or for our student athletes, also having that connection with hiring coaches, evaluating coaches, seeing programs from the beginning to the end, seeing the recruiting process, seeing the cultivating process, seeing the branding and imaging that you're doing uh, with your, your staff and, and your brand and your sports and understanding how that can propel you forward and then being prepared to uh, deal with coaches and all the information and all the the, the nuance of being a coach. You know, we have sometimes we have it wrong with coaches. Being the head coach can sometimes be a very lonely experience because you can't always go to your your uh, assistant coaches with stuff that you, 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 you're you dealing with. You can't always go to student athletes. Your AD, sometimes you haven't seen that person because of the dynamic of the new role. You really need somebody you could uh, have a relationship with that you can really tell them what you're be vulnerable with. And tell them, hey, I am worried about this. or I do have a concern in this area. So you're really dealing with life. You know, so once I'm able to get to that space, I can really dive into what makes a great coach. What is a coach's greatest fear? Uh, what are their greatest desires? You know, what do they have to deal with on a day to day basis? So now when we're speaking together, we're sharing the same language. So now I know exactly what's going on. And now it's going to help me evaluate as we move forward. And I, and I love the evaluation process we had. It would empower me to implement something I've gotten from a number of colleagues. Uh, Christian Spears is very helpful uh, with this. It's an executive summary. And we list everything that we have from our strategic plan on this document. 
where they're ranked financially in the in the, uh, the conference and then our expectations and do all these things match up because that is a fair document dan once we sit down now you know your your expectations and if you're blowing them off the water hey it's right here baby we don't have to have a conversation about what we're doing for the university here that's either going to help you here or it's going to help you at your next stop we want to retain you but either way at least it's fair and if you aren't living up to expectations we had this conversation on an annual basis life is about expectations we set them and then we evaluate towards them and they feel that's fair they feel it's more fair once we have a relationship no, and you hit the nail on the head. And you joked about it, about being a people person, but it's true, that relationship that you have with them. And, and you can have those tough conversations when you built the relationship uh, that's there because they know you care and they know you work with them. But speaking of the knowing you care, let's talk about the student welfare side. Yeah. You know, what you're doing on that side. So talk a little bit more about that role, especially right now over the last year with COVID and the mental health issues. How have you been able to help when you may not be able to see somebody in person or, or may not be able to have some of those the personal relationships. That's right. Anyone saying it hasn't been difficult, it's probably a little bit Pollyannish. It has been difficult. It really has. I'm blessed that I have a great director's team. Uh, in that room, we meet on every Monday before our senior staff meeting on Tuesdays. And I have people in that room who are so amazingly great at their jobs and they care. My job, I feel as the leader is to create an environment where they feel as if their ideas are free to flow. Their, their ideas is a collaborative environment where whatever we come up with is centered on the benefit of the student athlete. So in that room, they're coming up with so many great things. And I got to shout out Dr. Ron Moses, who takes up the lead for our academics and Kristen Eden, uh, who was an academic counselor for us. But since we've transitioned, she's stepped up to the plate and she's now uh, the head, the point person for SAC, for our Student Athlete Advisory Committee. And she is tethered together with them like none other. Uh, it, whatever, I mean, she challenges them. All right, well, what do you have as a complaint? Well, what are we doing about it as a team? What roles does everyone have within SAC? Okay, well, how can we make a difference? And Amy Lynch, who oversees all of our community service, we were nervous that we weren't going to reach any numbers because of COVID and not being able to interact. What we found was that these student athletes were ready to do anything virtually that they could. Reading in the schools, uh, they were looking to do that. Helping with the campaigns to get out and vote, they were helping to do that. In this time period of just natural disconnection, where we typically have natural connection based off the nature of intercollegiate athletics, they were looking for a way to connect tangibly to something. We got to remember, this is the most diligent, uh, disciplined, uh, you know, competitive group of young people that you're dealing with. They need something to do with this time. So we were able to provide them positive outlets and really help them become who they are. The racial equity task force that we started this summer, the idea was for the administrators to set a strong foundation, but then to turn it over to our student athletes to have a real impact. Hey, this is your voice. This is what, what you need from us. We want to know. So we'll do a climate survey. So we aren't just throwing programs out here. We want to get to the core of who you want to be. And that led to Dominic Claxton, who's a baseball student athlete for us, to facilitate a panel with Aaron Rouse and Dr. Dan Molusky here on campus. And it's the best panel we had about the power of local elections and the power of local voting. And it was spectacular. We've had, you know, hundreds of events here. That's one of my top 10 we've ever done. One, we had a student athlete who did an amazing job being a moderator. Two, we had our students involved. We had a lot of our coaches participate as well. And we talked about if you have an issue, you have a complaint, everything that you're going to touch sooner are going to be their local 
things that you can say, your local community, and look at the power you truly have as a group if you want to enact change uh, at, at this level. So I, I thought it was spectacular, but that's all based on us providing the path for the desires that our student athletes have already had. I, I got to tell you, I've always loved your energy. You know, your <laughs> energy, your passion for it. You know, where did it come from? I look, I, I, I'm going to tell all the listeners here. I know yeah. you're from Ohio, just like my wife. I'm not going to bring up the, the Cleveland Browns last game. I'm sorry. I'm not going to bring it up. But where did this passion come from for college athletics and for helping student athletes? Yeah, I'm blessed beyond measure. Uh, blessed beyond measure. Like for, you know, for me being in front of people, like none of, many of my parents made it past the 11th grade. I, I grew up in an area of, uh, of poverty, right? So you, it's the same story that you hear over and over again. Uh, however, I had people along the way who had, saw something special to me. They say, hey, Randell, I think you can do this. Hey, Randell, I think you're, you're ready for this. Uh, and that really motivated me just to keep going. I didn't know any different. Like, why wouldn't I be able for this person who's, you know, me older than me, they're obviously wise, right? We think that as young kids all the time. They know that I'm special. They know that I'm different, right? You tell yourself this, and we watch all the fantasy stuff. I play The Legend of Zelda. I must have a secret sword. I am special, you know? So these things come about, and you really start to believe them. But there's nothing more motivating like that, because when you have a setback, you say, well, this is just part of my hero story. This is just part of me getting to that next level, because you had people around you. Now, I was blessed to listen to those people, not the detractors, right? And so that type of just blessedness, and I know I'm blessed to be on the grassy side of the, of the side, that every day says, okay, well, now what am I going to do with it? And it comes into that that why. You know, it comes into that dash between the day you were born and the day you die. What do you leave behind in this world? And I think my positive impact is a ripple on a pond that has an impact on the next person. And there's nothing greater in life uh, to me than that. And when I apply that to intercollegiate athletics, now I'm saying I am imparting that blessing that motivation on the best product on this earth, because I believe in the student athlete as that person who's so dedicated, deals with adversity, understands team and collaboration, wants to be great. And these tenets of, of greatness or these tenets of impact are being imparted to that group. This legacy of positive impact will carry on well past the days that I'm on this earth. And to me, Dan, that's exciting beyond measure. And you can tell it's it's a it's a real passion for you. And, and and another passion I know has been diversity issues that you've been at the forefront of helping a lot of people in, in your situation. And you know one of the quotes I saw from you is, "Hey, progress is progress." And now we've got a platform. So what have, what have you been doing for those listening about helping that platform and helping your friends in the industry? Yeah, the greatest thing is just access. President Broderick, I give him credit here at, at ODU. He's made it a part of the fabric of ODU. And, you know, the misnomer that people have is, hey, having diversity or having inclusion or having equity is charity. Nah, man, like we're America. We've shown that this inclusion, this equity, this opportunity for everyone to represent us at the highest level is the formula. Look at us in the Olympics. Look at every time that we even going back to the Civil War, when we, when we integrated the army and the power and the impact that that had to see each other on a level of sameness, to see each other on a level of uh, an initiative. Right. So when we look at the integration of teams, we've seen it. We've seen the power. It's, it's made our product better at every turn. So why wouldn't we think it will make our product better at the turn of leadership? We're missing it. So this tells me that there's a great group of passionate, prepared, 
um, you know, change agent leaders ready to go. They just haven't been tapped into. And I get an opportunity here at ODU, ODU to, to hire them every day. Uh, Reagan Hill, who's over there in Charlotte now, she was a leader, you know, but I knew and had access to her because of the circles that I know and I engage with. Dr. Ron Moses, you know, me another person. We have access to this person who's impacting our student athletes, no matter your background, to the greatest degree. Even with Tay Hawker, who's he's a, from Australia and he played rugby. So now we even got our international students understanding that we see you, too. Right. We, we're looking at this full definition of diversity because if we don't have people in leadership who look like who are from, who can speak to the, the experiences of our student athletes, we're, we're not doing them our service. We're not doing them a justice of the world that they're going to be working in, right? We're holding that from them. So I believe it's incumbent upon us to understand the benefits that are there when you talk about not just diversity. Diversity is saying, okay, everybody can come to the party, right? Inclusion is saying everybody can come to the party and everybody gets asked to dance, right? And then we talk about equity and say, okay, we can look at the structural history and see where different uh, disparagements have taken place. And then we can say, all right, well, how do we make up for that? Because we do want the best. And we do understand that this was not right. We can make it right in this moment. Let's give everybody an opportunity because we want the greatest leading us because that makes us all better. So that's where my passion about it comes from. But the platform has come from President Broderick to Wood, get me involved with Lee One and Tom McMillan, uh, to get me involved here on campus and being part of the President's Task Force on Inclusive Excellence and our best Thing going right now, Dan, is our racial equity task force that I was talking about earlier, because we have a number of administrators and coaches who serve on that task force. And we started a thing. I like to pass the leadership opportunity around. That's how I run meetings. Um, so Coop, Carolyn Crestfield, who is our senior woman administrator, she and I are co-chairs of this group. And we wanted these people to feel empowered because it's a misnomer that, hey, you're black, you understand all these issues. Hey, I went to the same schools as everyone else. None of us got taught any of this stuff. You know what I mean? So that's, hey, feel comfortably and vulnerable in this place. Feel comfortable making mistakes in this space. There are no perfect advocates, right? So let's strip that away right now. So every week, somebody else will lead out the meeting. The best thing I've seen, heard, watched, or read dealing with diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we're and then what it's going to make you do is Randell goes first. All right. He showed me this video from Vox and in, in Netflix, the racial equity wealth gap. OK. Oh, man, I learned so much. They don't realize that I had to search eight th different things. I didn't want to come across as not knowing anything about what was going on. Right. But how much did I learn searching and researching to get ready for this meeting? Right. So when I pass it on to the next person, because I get to choose the next person because I laid it out. So when I pass it on to the next person, they're like, oh, my God, Randell knows this much. Well, let me go in my research. Imagine how much that person then learns. And then they they then present and lead us off. So now they're the voice of our next meeting. So they realize this work is being done by all of us because it needs to be done by all of us. And then now they're having these conversations in their groups of different people, but they're getting information and true research from everybody on this task force. And eventually we'll roll people in and out just so we can have that impact across our department. So that's the, how the opportunities have gotten started. And it's just that passion for people and, and uncovering truth and looking for the best and giving the best the opportunity. Well, it's that, that ripple effect that you've talked about. And it's great to see all the work that you all have been doing that, you know, nationally and, and locally at ODU. And you know, it leads me to my last question. I ask everybody, what's keeping you up at night right now? That's a, that's a great question. It, it's it's uh, all the desires that I have. That, that honestly is what keeps me up. It used to be the fears of what will go wrong. Um, you know, I, I can't control those. You know, it's just a, a, a scripture I remember talking about worry. 
and how Jesus is, you know, you know, his biggest impact was on sermons around worry and worries are not, it's not about what is, it's about what might be. And all that worry can get you in this wrong area, wrong place. So I've transitioned a little bit from worry more to like, what is the next area of impact and how am I preparing myself? That, that's what keeps me up. All this stuff will come. This industry will change. It will have adjustments. That is what life is. And last time I look, they used to call that evolution. Right. So with that, I know that's coming. Right. My job is to be the best self I can be. So I'm prepared for that self-actualization. Am I preparing myself to be the best self I can be for when I have my opportunity to be the biggest impact that I'm going to have? on this world after I'm gone. That's what I'm always racking my brain about, Dan. And that that keeps me like, all right, did I do this? Did I learn that? Did I impact this person this way? How am I leading? How am I doing my group? So it's all focused on that being my best self. And that's what keeps me from getting as much shut eyes as I need. Well, I appreciate it. The the stories that you've shared, everything you're doing in the industry and, and the things that are keeping you up to make you better are only going to help the student athletes. So I thank you for the time. I know you're busy. Uh, appreciate the stories and i really look forward to catching up in person again here soon when we're allowed that's right go browns <laughs> <laughs> thanks Brando. so there you have it randall richmond senior associate ad for sport administration and student athlete development at old dominion showing that passion that he has for the industry and man Big things ahead for him, for sure. Great to chat with him, as always, and wonderful to catch up. I wish y'all could have heard the half-hour conversation we had before and after. Is Really impressed by everything that he's done and, and has in his future. So, for another week, I'm your host, Dan Gale, signing off. Stay safe, my friends. Wow, it's a lot of different areas overseeing. Let's start talking about the, the sport admin side. So as you're being that liaison kind of for Wood, who's traveling so much, how does that prepare you now to then sit in Wood's chair? You know, to be able to see the decisions he has to make with the information that you provide, but it also helps you on firing, hiring coaches. You know, what, what do you think that having, being able to see that many, oversee that many sports, it's going to help you when then you become the AD?